It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Giants. Today is Tuesday, May 8, 2018. I am Patricia Trena of the Athletic Insight Football Forbes and a bunch of other places, joined by my co-host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And Ed, today we have a special Twitter Tuesday. Yes, we do. We'll see what, uh, you know, I think you have the questions. I haven't seen them, so uh, I'll be uh, I'll be surprised to see uh, to see what uh, what comes along here in a minute. Okay, and just a reminder to all all the listeners out there: if you would like to get in on a Twitter Tuesday feature, Ed and I will be running those probably a little bit more often as we get into the to training camp and then the regular season. If you want to send a question, you can hit either Ed or myself up. On Twitter, I'm at Patricia underscore Trana. Ed is at Big Blue View. Or you can email your questions to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. So, Ed, let's jump right into the questions. Uh, we have about a half a dozen or so. This first one comes from Dave N., who asks, now, the dra- now that the draft is behind us, I'm thinking about what players are going to be on our starting defense and starting offense once the season begins. Obviously, more changes may come, but if the season started today, who would you project as your starters? Oh, offense, um, you know, I think obviously, you know, we'll, you know, Eli is, of course, your quarterback. Barkley is your running back. If they keep a fullback, that's Shane Smith. You know, the, the, the only real question on the entire offense really is right tackle, where, you know, you, we can't answer that question until we know if Eric Flowers is going to be on the team. And really, who's going to be the third wide receiver? Is that going to be Cody Latimer? Is that going to be Roger Lewis? Is that going to be, you know, someone like Eric Decker or Jeremy Macklin who's not on the roster yet? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I mean, those are the only positions we really don't know. Um, defensively, you've got, you know, you've got Snacks, you've got Tomlinson, on the off, on the defensive line, I'm not sure how the third defensive line spot's going to shake out. You have Josh Morrow, you have R.J. McIntosh that they just drafted. You have you have Kerry Wynn. Um, you have several guys in that competition. I'm not sure who's going to win that competition for the for the third spot on the on the defensive line. Um, I think it's going to wind up being a rotation anyway. The, the spot on defense that I'm really, really curious about, curious about is who's going to wind up in the slot at cornerback because yeah, I think what I wrote the other day was the Giants have sort of taken a volume approach to that. And 
you know, they've signed a whole bunch of guys. Um, I have no idea, to be honest with you, out of that group, who can really play and who's going to come out of training camp with the job. I'll just add a couple of things to that. First, I, I agree with you about the offense, so I don't really have anything to add there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, on defense, remember, Josh Morrow is going to have to serve a four-game suspension. So I do agree with you. I think that's going to be a rotation there. I think right now Kerry Wynn would probably be the incumbent because my, my guess is, is the goal is going to be to stop the run on first and second down, and Kerry Wynn in the past has proven that he can do that. At linebacker, um, what, what's going to be interesting to see is whether Lorenzo Carter can somehow work his way into that starting mix. You know, the Giants signed Kareem Martin to be um, presumably be the one of the outside linebackers along with Olivier Vernon. Will Carter, you know, be more of a um, uh, what's the word I want, a, a sub-package guy, or will he somehow bump Martin for a starting position? So that's a position uh, I'm looking at. And then I agree with you about corner, but I'm going to throw free safety in because if you remember, before Dominique Rogers-Cromartie was cut, there was talk of him moving to safety to, to um, you know, I guess, upgrade that position which previously was held by Darian Thompson. So is Thompson going to hang on to that position or are they going to look to do something else there? So those would be the, the spots that I would uh, probably look at and have question marks about. But otherwise, I agree with you regarding you know the starting lineups. And yes, Dave, and it is it, it is still kind of early, and there's still some roster tweaking to be done. But you know, hopefully that answers your question as to where we think things stand at the moment. All right, and next before question. Before, I was going to say before you move to that next question, I did want to say something quickly about free safety. Oh, sure. You know, I, we're doing roster profiles at Big Blue View, and, and we do those alphabetically, and we started with Andrew Adams the other day, and I just wanted to say this. I thought that Andrew Adams in 2016 played better than Darian Thompson in 2017. Um, couldn't really understand why Andrew Adams didn't get a full opportunity last year with Darian Thompson struggling. And, you know, from my perspective, I would hope that he gets one this time around, that he gets a real opportunity to, to win that job. I second that because I, I'm right there with you um, that, that I just didn't understand what the thinking was behind there. I mean, you hate to say it was because Thompson was a draft pick and, and uh, Andrew Adams was not. But um, hopefully now, and, and I think it will happen. I think, I think it you know, no jobs are necessarily guaranteed. I think the only people that have guaranteed jobs are Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. and maybe Saquon Barkley. But beyond that, nothing is guaranteed. So, all right, let's move on to the next question. This is from William who asks, I noticed Shermer's offense in Minnesota used a lot of two tight end sets. With the addition of Barkley, will we see less formations, including a fullback? I don't know about that. I have to go back and look at the Minnesota roster. I think they had a fullback on their roster. When it comes to two tight end sets and, and wide receiver alignments, to be honest with you, the thing that I'm really curious about is how the Giants ultimately end up using Evan Ingram. Will they use him the way that uh, that? Ben McAdoo and Mike Sullivan used him last year, which was primarily in line, 
or will they use him more in two tight end sets, you know, split off the line of scrimmage? For me, I think that's the alignment question, you know, that I want to see is do they get Ingram off the line of scrimmage a little bit more where I think he can be even more productive, you know, than trying to fight his way, you know, off the line of scrimmage with his hand in the ground. Yeah, I agree with that, and I'll just add one other thing, and I I said this last year as well. The fullback position is technically not going away. Now, will they carry a pure fullback to execute the fullback position? That's another story, because more and more teams are gravitating towards using a tight end to play the role of the fullback. So... I think we will see scenarios where a tight end maybe lines up as a fullback in, in certain plays, but you know whether or not they keep, you know, say Shane Smith, who is currently a pure fullback on the roster, that remains to be seen. I, I would think that probably they'll go with tight ends, and you know, we, we go back to last year. It's interesting because Shane Smith was actually listed as a tight end under Ben McAdoo, and then I think for a while there he was listed as a fullback, and then they went back to listing him as a tight end. So again, the tight end role—I'm sorry—the fullback role per se is not going away. It's just a matter of what personnel they put back there to play the role, and I think that's where you're going to see more use, more of a use of the tight end. But to your point, Ed, yes, I agree. I, I think you know the Giants would get far more production out of Evan Ingram if they move him away from the inline stuff and get Rhett Ellison more involved with that stuff because that's originally what he was brought in for, um, you know, in addition to occasionally catching a pass here and there. So I'm going to be curious to see if Shermer uh, goes in that direction. Next question is from David S., wants to know, previous regime emphasized foot placement and changed Eli's lead foot. Seemed odd at the time. How, how does Shermer Shula approach pre-snap foot placement with the new quarterback and with Eli? That's an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure we can answer that one yet, Patty. It really hasn't come up. I don't think that, that Eli has been asked that yet. The only thing that I can say, you know, is that, that Eli, the last, uh, the last time he spoke, said that he felt like this offense was a, a mix of what, uh, of what they did under Ben McAdoo and, interestingly, you know, more of the downfield sort of play action kind of stuff that, that the Giants did under Kevin Gilbride. I don't think there's going to be any massive footwork changes or anything at this point. That would be my guess. But it's really not a topic that we've delved into a whole lot. So so it's kind of one that we're shooting in the dark on, you know, when we try to answer it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on that one, David, we've only seen two minicamp practices. And, and quite frankly, the positioning of the media 
in relation to where the, the activity was going on, a lot of times it was very hard to see what was going on in the field because we were on the patio and we often had a wall of players in front of us. So let's table that question until we get into training camp where we can stand along the sidelines, get a better idea. I, I can certainly go back and look at my notes that I wrote last year for Inside Football, and I, I think at that point I can get a better idea and maybe answer that question in a little more detail than we can at this particular particular moment. Okay. Uh, next question from Nag Dad. And this is actually a two part question, it has to do with special teams. Part one, do you expect competition in camp for Aldrich Rosas? And if so, any ideas who? And then part two, post Dwayne Harris, how do you see kick return, punt return playing out? Start with the with the Rosas part. You know, technically there already is competition for Rosas on the roster. Uh, it's Marshall uh, Cohn, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Um, there's another young kicker, I think, uh, kicking one game last season for Cincinnati. So technically there already is competition. And my expectation would would be at some point that we'll see something like we saw last year where the Giants eventually brought in Mike Nugent, you know, during training camp. Right now, who knows, you know, who's going to be available in terms of, of veteran kickers. I think that'll shake out as we get into the summer and, and as we go through, you know, training camp and the preseason. As far as who the kicker might eventually be, we may not know that until right before week one. It might be somebody that's on someone else's roster right now. So... I would definitely pay attention, though, to see which veteran kickers, you know, shake free because I would be surprised, you know, to uh, – I would be surprised if the Giants don't bring in a veteran, you know, to at least compete with Rosas at this point. You know, he had a – he's a talented kid, you know, but he was inconsistent last year, and, and you just can't live in the NFL these days. You can't live with a kicker making 72%. Of, of his field goals, so I would I would expect to see a veteran at some point. As for the return game, I really don't know how that one's going to shake out. I know that Pat Shermer said that Saquon Barkley would be part of the mix when it comes to kickoff return. I don't expect him to be a full-time kickoff returner. I would personally think that he'll be, you know, a guy that might put back there in key situations maybe when the Giants need a need a lift or need a big play. Cody Latimer might be part of that mix. Uh, you know, Hunter Sharp was a guy that returned some punts last year. To me, the, the punt return is a bigger question right now because I just don't know. I don't know who's going to make the roster at this point, and, and it's really not clear to me at all who's going to wind up returning punts. Okay, uh, regarding uh, competition for Rosas, absolutely. You know, every every year you want to bring in competition regardless of who it is. But, you know, like, like Ed said, um, it could be anybody at this point. I mean, that's a position they can fill at the very last moment. Um, so we may not know who that's going to be. We have to see who shakes free from that's currently on a roster if they're going to go with a veteran. Uh, regarding the return specialist, you know, it's interesting because there continues to be talk about changing again the kickoff return uh, 
policy because apparently they feel that um, they being the league feel that it's a dangerous play and they are looking for ways to make it safer now what's interesting is um, I think the a lot of kickoffs end up going for touchbacks I'd have to look at what the percentage is league-wide but I seem to recall a fair number end up being touchbacks you do have some returns but for the most part you know, you've, you've got a kicker on the other side who's, who's able to get it into the end zone and teams just play it safe and figure let's start on the 25-yard line. So I think I agree with you. Uh, punt returner is going to be the bigger issue there. Um, I, I think Cody Latimer is certainly going to be in that mix. Um, that's one of the reasons why I believe he signed, they, they signed him. Um, but, you know, every year we see a bunch of, rookies, undrafted free agents, you know, audition for that role. I, I don't think we'll see Odell in that role. I, you know, I know you mentioned Saquon Barkley as a possible kickoff returner. I would be very stunned if he gets a lot of, you know, looks in that role. I think, I think you know, that's tempting fate because, you know, who here doesn't remember Jason Seahorn? I know I remember that very vividly. Uh, so I guess the the, the short answer is is it's to be determined there's um, we're going to see who uh, gets a crack at that during the rookie camp we're going to see more of that when we get to training camp you know maybe sterling shepherd will get get involved in that role as well for punt returner but again that's another to be determined question and uh, as we see how you know Shermer and special teams coordinator Thomas McGahee deploy their personnel, we'll get a better idea as to how that's potentially shaping up. Okay, before we go to the next question, let's take a short break for a word from our sponsors. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we're continuing with Twitter Tuesday. I'm Patricia Trana, joined by Ed Valentine. And uh, we are about halfway through questions that have been submitted from our Twitter followers. And uh, this next question is from someone who goes by the handle name cannot be blank who wants to know what is going to happen with Eric Flowers. Oh, Patty, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, at this point, it's, it's my belief that I don't think Eric Flowers is going to play another down for the Giants. I'm not sure, you know, at, at this point, you know, that uh, – that whatever has gone on between Flowers and the Giants, I'm not sure that that it's repairable at this point. Um, I think the Giants are prepared to move on. You know, the question for me is, you know, how do they fill that spot and how do they find a swing tackle? But right now, my guess is that uh, that that Flowers is done as a Giant. You know, the other question is. You know, can they actually get anything, you know, for the young man in return at this point? That's, 
I would agree with you that flowers is probably done. But here's the thing, okay? First of all, Flowers, whoever gave him the advice to sit home and not be with the Giants and not address the problems head on, that's bad advice. I mean, I don't know if it was his father or who, who suggested that he do that, but it's bad advice. When you have a problem or, you know, you don't like something that's going on in the workplace, commun- it's all about communication. And, and Pat Shermer and... Uh, Dave Gettleman are trying to build a winning culture, and that starts with communication. So now when you start sulking and pouting and not showing up and throwing these temper tantrums, that is not a good look. I think we can all agree on that. Now, it's interesting because Flowers hired Drew Rosenhaus, super agent Drew Rosenhaus, to represent him. Now, whether he did so in anticipation that the Giants are going to cut him or move him in some way, you know, that might have factored into the equation, but what's interesting is, is Rosenhaus uh, in, in, uh, in a text message sent to several of the media outlets said that he planned on talking to the Giants about Flowers very soon. So what's going to be interesting to see is whether or not he says to the Giants, hey, look, my client's unhappy, you're unhappy, give me permission to shop him around, I'll help you out by shopping him around, and we'll see if we can't move him. Or perhaps maybe they do the, you know, the hard thing, which is, you know, they say to him, look, we think Eric has talent. We really want him to compete. And maybe Rosenhaus goes back to Eric Flowers and says, look, stop acting like a big baby. Yes, things, you know, took a ter- an unexpected term for you, but get your butt into camp with the Giants compete for the job, show the rest of the NFL that you're not you know, a sourpuss, and then maybe it becomes a little easier for me to, to move you or, or get you moved uh, to another team. Because, look, if I'm another team and I see this playing out with the Giants, I want nothing to do with Flowers because all it takes is for something to go the wrong way, and now he becomes a, a sulking mess who's going to hold out. And he's just, you know, you, you can't do that. So no, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but... What's that? I said he's not helping himself at all. No, he's 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 definitely not. So he's definitely not. So I would hope that Rosenhaus gets through to him, gets through to his his camp, and and, uh, the situation ends happily ever after, where maybe Flowers gets his wish and goes someplace else. Or, you know, he, he wises up and realizes, hey, I better get my butt into the Giants camp because, you know, quite frankly, I'm going to have to start all over again, and I'm probably not going to get a guaranteed $2.3 million um, unless, you know, especially if I get cut. So what I think will happen, though, in the meantime, just real quick, is I think the Giants will hang on to him, and then perhaps if there's an injury over the summer, with another team and they become desperate for a tackle, then perhaps the Giants might look to move him if he continues to be, you know, sulking or doesn't approach the, the right tackle competi- competition with, with the, the necessary zest. So a lot of to be, ter- to be determined, but that's a scenario. So, all right, moving on. Doug S. asks, so much of the defense's success is predicated on it generating a consistent pass rush. Do the G-men have a realistic hope of doing so with Vernon and insert D-E-O-L-B name here? <laughs> are we going to see a blitz? Are we going to see a blitz happy D this season to compensate? Well, whether it's to compensate or not, 
I think you're going to see a lot of, of uh, pressure packages from James Betcher. That is his reputation. That's his MO. That's what he did in Arizona. Uh, we're told at this point, I think we talked to Kareem Martin during the mini camp, and, and uh, you know, Kareem said that this is the, the identical defense, you know, to what they were running in Arizona. So I think you're going to see the same thing. Now, does it bother me a little bit that when you look at this Giants roster, you know, we don't know what you're going to get from, you know, from Lorenzo Carter at this point. The Giants traded Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, to, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was a move, to be honest with you, that considering, you know, where Pierre-Paul is and the contract that he had and all of that, I was fine with that move. You know, but when you look at this roster, it's like there isn't a pure dominating pass rusher on that group. Olivier Vernon is a good pass rusher. He's the guy that creates pressure. He can get some sacks, but he's not going to give you 15, 16, 17 sacks. He's not going to be, you know, a whirlwind off that edge. It does bother me a little bit when you look at this roster that to get pressure, they're going to have to scheme pressure. They're going to have to find ways to send linebackers. They're going to have to find ways to fool the blocking, you know, the, the blocking schemes a little bit. So that does bother me some when I look at this defense, but regardless, I think you're going to see a lot of of five and six man pressures from James Betcher, uh, no matter what his personnel is. Yeah, I, I agree. And just to clarify something, you're not going to blitz on every single down. It's just you're going to get beat and you're going to get burnt if you do that every single down. So I think fans a lot of times, you know, they, they look at a pressure defense and they say, oh, it's a blitz-happy defense. That's not necessarily the case. What what defenses do is they send various pressure packages. And, and remember, you know, you mentioned, okay, Olivier Vernon's not a guy who's going to get 15, 16, 17 sacks, but what he does do very well – and this doesn't get talked about, and it really should, is he creates scenarios in which there are, you know, the quarterback is either hurried to throw the pass or hit and so on and so forth. So you have to look at the, the hidden production, as Dave Gettleman calls it. So, for example, let's say Damon Harrison is in there and he's pushing the pocket and he's occupying two blockers, okay, and that allows Vernon to slip in there and, and, and chase down a quarterback and force him out of the pocket and force him to throw. Well, now you have an incomplete pass, which is just, you know, which is a result of the pressure that, that, that came about. So I think you're going to see a lot of um, uh, – Teamwork, for lack of a better uh, word here, where you have maybe one or two guys creating some of the a push that will allow maybe a third or a fourth guy to come in and create the pressure. But as far as blitzing, you know, again, you're thinking of I think a, of a single player who comes shooting through a gap. I don't think we're going to see that a lot. We're going to see it some, but, but you're, again, you're going to see the pressure packages, and that's where James Betcher really has excelled, and it's going to be interesting to see how he, he coordinates it. And, and it's going to be tricky because it has to be a fine-tuned machine in order for it to work. So right now, still some question marks as far as who the personnel is going to be, but we'll get the answers hopefully over the next several weeks and into training camp. 
Okay, final question from our readers and Twitter followers and listeners is from John S. who wants to know how will offensive coordinator Mike Shula be used in head coach Pat Shermer's directed offense? I guess what he's asking for is what will be his role since Shermer is going to be the play caller. Well, obviously, you know, Patty, you hit on it. Shermer's going to call the plays. I think what we're going to see is largely the dynamic that we saw between Ben McAdoo and Mike Sullivan, you know, for the, the year and a half before Sullivan took over as the play caller, where Shula's primary responsibility is going to be, you know, handling the quarterbacks. He'll do a lot of the communication. He'll help in the game planning. Um, I would hope and I would think that uh, that Pat Shermer will, you know, will take more input, you know, from from Shula than than I think you know Ben McAdoo did, you know, from Mike Sullivan. But I think that that Shula's role will be, you know, to do all of those things to to help set the offense to to help Shermer with the game plan to help install the game plan, you know, because Shermer's not going to be able to run this like he's the offensive coordinator. He's going to have other things to do. So it might be Shula's responsibility to get that game plan that they decide on installed to make sure everybody understands it. It'll be his job on game days to talk to Eli Manning to make sure that Shermer knows, you know, what Eli likes, you know, what he sees on the field, what he doesn't like. And to make sure that everybody's on the same page. What I'm interested in, to be honest, is how well Mike Shula handles this role because Shula has been an offensive coordinator with play-calling responsibilities and also been a head coach now you know, for quite a while. Um, I mean, this, in a way, is, is a role that's a little bit of a step back for him so I'm interested to see, you know, honestly how happy he is in this role and how he handles, you know, having to take that step back a little bit. Yeah, I don't have much much to add on that. I mean, it's basically, like you said, a repeat of what Mike Sullivan did under Ben McAdoo. But just to add to that, I think Shermer is going to be more involved with managing the sideline where, you know, and, and this was something you and I talked about very often last year with McAdoo, how many times he had his face buried in that play calling card, even when they weren't on offense. So I think, you know, Shermer is going to be a little bit better with that. I don't, I don't think he's going to necessarily have his face buried in, the, in a play calling card when the team is on defense. But, uh, you know, on, on game day, there's just so much going on, and you're going to need someone to help you manage the offense as well as the defense. So, you know, I think in this case, uh, Shula is going to, you know, work with the quarterbacks, maybe talk to the quarterbacks, what are you guys seeing, you know, what, what's going on out there, and sort of act as an intermediary between, you know, the quarterbacks and Shermer and passing along the information and brainstorming to make on-the-spot adjustments. So, you know, uh, again, Good point about how is he going to handle it, you know, especially since he was he was once a play caller himself. But, you know, we, we we'll see. He's you know, he's got a job. It sure beats uh, being unemployed, I suppose. So, all right. 
So that is the last of the questions, which means we are at the end of the show. And we want to thank everybody who took the time to send in questions. And uh, we will do a Twitter Tuesday again down the line. We'll, t we'll let you guys know when we're planning to do it. Coming up tomorrow, Ed and I will preview the defensive side of the ball uh, ahead of uh, this weekend's rookie mini camp. And then later in the week, we are looking to get a guest on to talk about the Giants rookie. So uh, we'll let you know once we have that all uh, finalized. So as always, thank you for listening, Giant fans, and we will talk to you soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.